Taria, you ready? I'm ready. You guys you ready? Your mama. Go ahead and take over. <laughs> enlighten us. Give us the information. You know, we're going to soak it up. We got a whole people, a bunch of people watching you. Go ahead. Yeah, well, hi, everybody. Happy Sunday. My name Sunday. is Taria Saul. You can call me T. It's okay. I accept it. Um, <laughs> but thank you, guys. Thank you, G7, for even inviting me here. Um, so I am a jack of all trades, the master of none. So I've worked. I am a marketer. I am a dancer. I am a mother. I am a wife, all those things come together in my business. I am an entrepreneur, so I own two of my own businesses. I'm an intrapreneur, which means I work for a company and I build things from the inside out. Um, so I am here to talk to you guys about the world of digital and how that can impact your business, how that can impact your life, how that affects you as a black business in this world, not even in this country, um, how to make sure that you focus on the right places, but in the right time, don't get caught up in the wrong traps. Um, and really help you figure out where you want to invest your time. Spend your time. Ooh. One moment. Remix. All right. <laughs> no, that's me, all, go ahead. That's, that's all good. That's all good. Uh, just to, just to uh, cut you off a little bit there, uh, uh, T, you know, for the sake of me, <laughs> I'll, I'll call you T for now, but I know by the end of this show, I'll have it right. So just wanted to like welcome everybody who just joined us. Uh, welcome to Seven Voices Without Boundaries. Okay. And today we have a special guest. Do we have a special guest for you? We sure do have a special guest for you. And um, she's going to enlighten us. She's going to educate us. She's going to inform and uh, all coming from her experience. And this is what she, she does for a living. And this is what she does when she's uh, walking. She's <laughs> She's cooking, she's dancing, she's doing those dance moves. I've seen you do your dance moves as well in the studio with some of those young queens out there. You know, that's power to you. But having said that, I would like to uh, also just read a little bit of your, of your bio, uh, uh, young queen. So she's an award-winning digital marketer specializing in marketing automation with a career that spans multiple enterprises and industries from music and dance to marketing and financial services. Currently, Teria works at Google as a business systems analyst, enabling Google Cloud marketers to deliver innovative digital marketing initiatives and make their goals, and meet their goals rather. She owns Omari's Digital, a boutique digital marketing agency that serves small and growing businesses looking to develop long-term pressure tested marketing strategies additionally she owns creative escape artistry a virtual dance class program that provides beginner level hip-hop and heels or oh, beginner level hip-hop and heels so which means they dance wearing heels yes oh, oh. Uh, these are dance classes for women and i'm sure women <laughs> welcome to it on, on on those on those classes i'm very Absolutely. You know, always living her personal motto, life is short, life is short, spend it dancing. Life is short, spend it dancing. I think we have danced enough, you know, in 2020 and we keep dancing. <laughs> um, but having said that, please, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tria Soul. Yeah. Indeed. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we have uh, audiences here and afar, you know. Stay to uh, the left. Um, Tanya, can you um, 
I got it. I got it. I've got you, got you, black man. UK, South Africa, uh, Nigeria, Australia, Canada, and um, we can't thank you enough. You know, G7 is where it is today because of your support, your loyal support, and myself, uh, black man, and I have my ace over there, Tariq, Brooklyn's you. own, Brooklyn's own, yes, sir. We have yes, young queen here today, black man. We're going to roll the punches and make it happen. If you have any information or questions or any, any suggestions, uh, any content that you want to add up, you know, the young queen, is got the, she's got the answers. What she can answer, I'm sure she will uh, definitely, like, throw the ball. Uh, the chat line is open. Make it happen. Let's go, Sister Teria. <laughs> uh, you guys made me sound significantly more impressive. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I am happy here to just talk about what's going on in the world. And like I said, the world of digital, you know, the one of the number one things that people come to me about is like, hey, I got this business idea. I want to promote it on social media. And I'm like, that's great. What is your, what's your goal? What's your vision? Who you want to be? Like, tell me what it is that you want to achieve at the end of the day. Like, do you, do you want to be my favorite, my favorite association is, do you want to be Beyonce or do you want to be Solange? Because those are two very, very powerful women, but they're two very, very different women. And they're two very, very bit different business strategies. Beyonce is the everyman. You are promoting to the masses. You are creating something that is universally loved and universally appreciated. That's the Walmarts of the world. You need the Walmarts of the world. Solange is a niche market. Mm -hmm. She's still powerful. She creates what she creates, and but there's a smaller subset of very loyal customers. So do you want to be the Beyonce or do you want to be the Solange? Because that's going to determine what kind of strategy you're going to create. And that's the question I don't think everybody really thinks about or knows how to answer. Because the first thing they want to do is like, I just want to talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. So is your product made for everybody? Is your service made for everybody? Because not everybody needs a widget. But you could be really successful and really lucrative going with the salon strategy. You don't have to go with the Beyonce strategy unless it really fits. So that's my, my one quick piece of general advice across the board. Right. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, thank you for that intro and, and enlightenment as far as what uh, the question that you ask people when they come mm -hmm. to you. Because of yeah. course, everybody has got their own special needs and what they want and or sometimes they see something, uh, somebody doing uh, a particular uh, um, project and then it comes out a certain way and they want to have their own uh, product look very similar to what they saw. But at the end of the day, you forget that the content is going to be different and the outcome mm -hmm. is going to be different. And now which means it puts a lot of work on you to want to make the client happy so that they have that product that they saw because now yep. it becomes a copycat and then we lose your you lose your own identity so Absolutely. how do you work with individuals who come to you and they're so persistent that now i want it to look like this because uh beyond this uh, uh, uh video or beyond this like you know project is like this and i want minds to look like that uh how, how do you go about with individuals who are so persistent and uh, who also forget that there is money involved to, um, to achieve that kind of quality. You ask them the question, what makes sure it's special? Like if, if, this, if this cup already exists and this cup is making 
$20 million a year. Why are people going to stop buying your cup, this cup, and start buying your cup? At the end of the day, there's two, there's two ways to approach that. You can say, I'm going to go aggressive, and I'm going to tell everybody that this cup is not as good as my cup, my cup is better, and I'm going to steal the market. Mm. Or you take the market that's already there. That's something that's really prevalent to even talk about, not even just in business, but even in politics. You know, why are you trying to get to the people who already have made a decision, but there's this whole group of people over here who haven't made a decision who you could really, really talk to a market to. Mm. So what is it about your product that makes it better than, because at the end of the day, for something to exist, for you to get a patent on something, for you to win a court case on something, it has to be different or an improvement. If you're creating a, a drug on the market, I used to work in pharmaceuticals and clinical jobs, it has to be better, whether it's, it's more effective, mm. it's better delivery, so it's less side effects, it's easier to take. What is it that makes your product better than what's already on the market? Because otherwise, there's you it's really hard to compete unless you have a billion dollar budget. Like you want to be Nike. Nike's marketing budget is probably more than the amount of money that every single person on this call will ever make in their lifetime combined. So unless you have $20 million, $30 million, $50 million to market, you have to come up with something that's either completely unique or has a market that isn't being met. And trust me, you can talk to anybody on the street for five minutes and they'll tell you that there is something that they want in this world that does not exist already. Whether that's a service of, look, I don't want to go to one of these apps that already exist. I want to just say, I want this from, this from the grocery store, this from the mall, this from here. I want somebody to be able to do that. Well, that's an app idea. Or, you know, I have kids and I'm having trouble with getting them potty. I really wish this this existed to help them go to the bathroom. There's always an idea out there that isn't being met. So don't even bother trying to recreate something unless you can make it better. Just talk to people. There's always something out there. But given the, uh, uh, the level of um, force that the, the, the social media has, or media mm -hmm. has you know, it's, we, we, and for, for you being uh, on the, on the end side where you see all of the, uh, the, the ins and outs of the impact that the social media has and how it fine tunes the mindset of an individual that what you just expressed right now, they listening to you, but in their minds, they seeing something else like, nah, it's possible. And then you just mentioned again, the whole factor of money, which now this leads me to a question of what do you think is the effect of social media in the society today? Social media is controlling society today. It once was a place that reflected the world and now the world reflects social media. Like it was once the place where you would go on and I've been on Facebook for 15 years now. They just reminded me and made me really, really feel old. But it was once this place where you would go and you would post, you know, Taria is feeling sad today. Taria really wants these shoes today. But now we have created this idea of what we want our world to be and we post it on social media, but that's not always necessarily what the world is. I could put up a backdrop right now and say that I'm chilling on an island. I'm in my bedroom. Like, let's not even pretend. Like, let's be who we are. 
but you can create whatever image that you want to have and portray it on social media. That in itself then reflects to other people and they think that that's what they should be achieving or that's what they should have. It's affected depression and self-esteem. And we've always had kids that have gotten bullied in school and that's something that's kind of existed for our lives, but it's taken a whole nother level because now they're taking it online. Now they're saying, well, I saw this picture of you and I'm telling the world. And social media is also permanent. So no matter what you post out there, it's on a server somewhere. And even when you delete it from your profile, if you ever get bored, delete your Facebook account, go back and create a new one or create a new one with your same email address. Your stuff is still there. <laughs> um, you're, it's forever. So wow. people can be bothered by things forever. And because you're also putting your best foot forward, that also affects with brands. You know, a brand is going to go on there and say, you know, life is hard, but look at all these people posting these pictures with my coffee. I don't know why I'm just really excited about this mug. <laughs> posting those pictures with these coffee, this coffee, coffee must be amazing. You're missing out. How dare you not have coffee? There must be something wrong with you. So it can affect your personal psyche, which then affects the way that you do things. It affects the way that you spend your money. Um, influencer marketer, marketing is like the number one way to market right now you see celebrities or um, there's a kid on YouTube who's making millions of dollars millions of dollars a year reviewing toys um, it's all about creating this image and now this image that you've manifested and fabricated online is now dictating how people are making decisions in their real life mm -hmm. oh well you know COVID is is crazy and but I see all these people, they're out posting about their best lives. So therefore I should be out and doing my best thing, not realizing, hey, she's technically sitting on her deck or this person is hanging out in their living room, but they just decorated it really nice. Or this picture was, they posted it today, but it's really from 2017. But now I'm out trying to live my best life because that's what I'm perceiving mm. happening on social media. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yo, Tariq. <laughs> No, we, we, we was talking the other day about the movie, myself and Tariq, and uh, actually Nancy put me up to this, mm. you know, the, uh, the movie Social Media Dilemma. The that Social was, Dilemma. The Social Dilemma, yeah. yeah. Powerful. And uh, what you just spoke, spoke on, and um, it's right dead on, as far as, uh, have, you seen the, have you seen the documentary, the movie? I haven't, but I have it in my watch list. Right. I don't get to watch TV as much as I used to. Right, but then, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I've actually been like, you no, know, kind of like dragging to watch it, you know, and uh, because, uh, I mean, I'll get there, I'll get there. But what you just spoke on as far as the, uh, how people have been so tuned and uh, programmed by social media and uh, to an extent that we fabricate, we fabricate the, the existence of our being that, I say, I mean, Ibiza, Ibiza, you know, and I'm like right here in Berry Farms, like no, downtown, I mean, in DC, you know, and uh, uh, I have a whole bunch of, you know, cars around and then all these cars, it's all a fabrication, just like, you know, making, presenting a life that is not. But with this documentary, it's really telling all these um, CEOs from Google, uh, uh, Facebook, I mean, all these like giant social media, I mean, social uh, internet uh, gurus, they have come out 
they're leaving all these giant like you know uh, 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 social media companies because they they see the negative effects that their companies have created to the to mankind how they program people to think how they already know what you like your dislikes because with your, your your trafficking how you when you search for things on on, on, on the internet and all of that mm-hmm. they can easily I know identify and of course I mean this is not new to you <clears throat> what I'm I'm just reiterating as far as what you just spoke on but the uh, the masses they don't see it that way because again there seems to be a come a camouflage that seems to dissuade people to see the impact that mm-hmm. social media has on them. You spoke about bullying, you know, depression, you know, the, the uh, people become narcissistic, you know, people take selfies, you know, this selfie is not, this angle is not good. I have to look at this angle <laughs> and from this angle. You know, you keep like, you end up spending like close to like two hours trying to take oh, one by one picture that you can put on uh, Instagram or Facebook or wherever, tweet, and uh, so it looks good. And then it gives that uh, the validation of your existence. Like, yes. this is who I am. This is how mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah, I feel good today. But we fail to now look at ourselves in the mirror like, do I look good today? Yeah, you look good, black man. You know what? Your dress might not be that neat, but you know what? You're good. You feel good. <laughs> I don't need to like have to like have like 10,000 likes that say like, oh, wow, you look good, bro. No, I don't need that. So how, how do we uh, bring about that knowledge to people to re-acknowledge themselves without having to depend on the social media on a context of identity, mm-hmm. on a context of identity? I would say, firstly, take a break from social media it's so easy to be on it's on your phone it's on your computer it's tied into everything Uh, sorry about that Uh, but yeah just take a break and just be with yourself be with your family be with the people that love you um look at your there was a time do a favor go back in your old yearbooks Look at your old yearbook photos before social media. Remember those photos, your school photos where you're like, yeah. crazy. <laughs> but they built so many memories though. And right. you realize that you have these, these stories. Remember the stories behind the pictures. Like I, I went out a couple, a couple years ago to a club, right? And I'm standing there, nobody's dancing. I'm a dancer, I wanna dance, I wanna party but they're standing there on their phone like this and they're trying to get the perfect angle. They're trying to make sure the picture is right. Mm. By the time they got their picture, the party was over. <laughs> they, were nev- they were never really there. I experienced that at the gym. I remember I was in the gym, in the locker room getting changed. There was a girl in a very beautifully matching outfit, hair done, makeup, taking pictures in the gym. She had just gotten there taking pictures, looked at her watch and was like, oh man, I gotta leave. And never actually worked out. Mm-hmm. And like you're missing out on the life that you have because you're taking these pictures. So then when someone asks you like about it, you could say, yeah, I had a great time, but there's no story there. I could tell you of all the pictures I have, I have crazy photos of me on the internet. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, I, but I could tell you the story behind it. Oh, I look like this. 
that's because I was in the middle of this dance move in the middle of the street and everything was going on. And then an hour later, I'm telling, I'm still telling you the story behind that picture. Mm. So take some time, look back at the pictures you had before social media and tell people the stories and you're going to miss having those stories. You're going to miss having those moments. Um, being a mom, I get, I lose that too, you know, especially with COVID and being separated from family. I want to document everything about my son and post it out so that everyone can see it. But I also have to remind myself that I need to be there and experience those things as well. So I may not have 10 pictures a day to tell you about what's been going on with him, but I could tell you the story myself because I saw it firsthand. Mm. So, and also just privatize some things, keep some things to yourself. You don't want to be having a conversation. I walk up and be like, Hey, Tariq, how's everything going on in your life? I don't really have to ask you because I already know everything, but I mean, right. whatever. You want to you actually be able to have something private to yourself so when someone asks you how your day went, you have an answer that they don't already know. Right. Yeah. To privacy. Nothing sacred anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know when we used to have uh, what you just uh, spoke on uh, tea as far as not having a, a, a memory of what was happening at, on that particular day and place. Mm -hmm. And you don't even remember who was there. Like, oh, I can't remember who was there. Do you have any pictures from there? But because your mind was so indulged in wanting to get that one particular picture so you can put it out there because he was looking fine and he was looking fly, that's all good. But if you, if, if, uh, Tariq, am I, am I, you might like you know, also lament on this. You know, some of the greatest storytellers, they don't have visuals, but they mm -hmm. have a mental visual. You know, and because they, they can recall, there was, they remember what was happening, who was there, who came in after who, and who was sitting on which corner. Oh, I remember, yeah, the last thing that you was drinking was because they was watching everyone and engaging with everyone, not indulging, looking at their phone. Now you go to a party or you go to any, 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 any event, individuals like they're holding their phones because mm -hmm. we constantly want to make sure that it's on live chat or Instagram or whatever may, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, but the, 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 the one thing that then misses out there is that connection with mm -hmm. the people around you. Because right now we're talking about the, 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 the negative you know, side of the social media. And there is the beauty of social yeah, media. Absolutely. Right, like, right, right, right. Like an influx beauty of social media, which we cannot take away from that. But, given the fact how people get so deluded to then becoming so indulged. It's addictive. Mm -hmm. It's really, really addictive, you know? So, and uh, I, I'm sure I can make mm -hmm. money, you know, opening up a rehab for people who are addicted to Instagram, you know, Facebook, you know, but at the end of the day, it's that connection where you take a break. When do you take a break? And then some people can't even take a break for like less than like a minute from- they can. They cannot, mm -hmm. like they, they, have, they have to put something, you know what I'm saying? So it's more on how you look at your social media, how you look at the internet. Um, having said that, you know, there is an article that I read, it says how black people build the social media. Do you agree with that? How they, how they build social media? Yeah, more on a content of mm -hmm. culture, trend, style, language you know absolutely uh, uh, the things that are happening dynamics because everything that a black man has done everything that a black man comes up with 
somebody is going to take it and they use it more on the marketing side, on the advertising side to what? To, uh, to create that image because that's what sells. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, guess who gets left out? Gets left out. The very black man that created that image because like, thank you for what you gave us. Now we sell it to the masses. You know, you have the, mm -hmm. you know, people who have taken things that black people have created or they've come up with and they don't get the credit for that. So yeah. I'm saying this to say, do you agree on that? And um, how is that so? So I definitely agree. Black people in general have been culture creators before social media, back in let's go back to the 70s and the 80s and the origin the origin of hip-hop it was something that was created and it was something that was personal it was something that was relational and something that was close and it has become extremely monetized way outside of the black community hip-hop dance alone has been extremely monetized but i will say that the going back to there being a beauty in social media there is now an outlet for originators to prove or to show that they are originators. Like, um, I'm a dancer. So back when I was growing up, the time that you saw dancers, they were usually backup of someone. You saw them behind Janet, you saw them behind Michael, you saw them in a video, maybe you saw them on Broadway, but they were always um, part of the show. Well, now you have content creators that have their own outlets and they're making more money posting their own choreographer, choreography, posting their own moves, posting their own art directly to the masses than they ever did being a backup dancer or being a choreographer. There are people who are making thousands upon thousands of dollars posting a one minute video versus being in rehearsals for three months to go on tour. So the beauty of social media is that it gives people who didn't have necessarily a public voice or a public face an opportunity to be out there. And there's much more of a diverse presentation of that. Um, you know, there was a time when I was little and you would hear certain women on singing backgrounds on songs, but you never actually saw their faces because they weren't always the most music industry aesthetically pleasing. Right. I'm going to say it like that. Good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but they were they're beautiful women with beautiful voices. And now you get to see them. Now they have their voice. Now their music is directly released to you. One of singers that I love is Maya. Mm -hmm. Maya will be one of the first people to tell you that she makes more money now being independent using social media to promote her music than she ever did being a signed artist in the early 2000s, late 90s because it's her opportunity to put her stuff out the way she wants it to be to the audience that she wants it to go to in the way that she wants to present it. Todrick Hall, um, a dynamic performer, singer, writer, dancer, choreographer, visual artist, did not have the packaging that Hollywood wanted him to have. He went out on YouTube, started making videos, singing five-part harmonies of himself to Beyonce. Now he's on world tours and choreographing for people and has shows. And he, he built that using social media. So I don't want to pretend like it's all negative because there's, mm -hmm. it definitely creates a doorway and an opportunity and exposure for people that never got that chance before. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because if you think of, uh, 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 are you familiar with the uh, Black Twitter? Mm -hmm. Like Twitter, you know, you've got like a, the, the, it's probably the most traffic, you know, uh, 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 media out, uh, social out, outlet, you know, and it 
it, it speaks mostly on the social impact and the, the, the everyday movement that is happening, the protest and, uh, and the, the platform is, it is, it includes pretty much like 67% of all uh, online African-Americans amongst its users. Uh, going back to what you were saying that the effect that the black culture in the black community has created mm-hmm. uh, is led to where it is like talking about Maya that she capitalized on the opportunity because she mm-hmm. had already found her niche and now how do I use this outlet that is being given to us now to better benefit me and I have to cut out the negligence. So now she cut out a whole lot of people now, which means even if, um, of course, there's still going to be people that she works with. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you realize that like that big whole uh, 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 conference room that used to have like 30 people, now there's only five people that I work with. And then it minimizes and there's less work and but you still get the same what same effect and even more. And uh, I'm reminded of Buster Rams, I was listening to this interview, and they were kept asking him, like, just imagine if those times there was Instagram. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what, good thing there wasn't no Instagram because it <laughs> allowed us to even think more because I was using my brains and I was actually out there looking and seeing and talking to people as compared to like texting and chatting and trying to figure out what to do. I was always in the trenches. So with that said, is how do we better use the social media to now gain that financial wealth, which is where um, we're gonna go to right now. The question is digital marketing. This mm-hmm. digital marketing is power force. It's a power force rather, and it's very effective, instant, and, um, but it requires a lot of uh, qualities and elements for you to get your demographics and, the, and, and, um, and to, to market to the individuals that you are uh, your business uh, targets. So uh, can you speak more on, on the digital marketing? Sure, digital marketing, my, my specialty. So the first thing you wanna do when you are looking at a digital marketing strategy is to figure out, like I said before, who is it that you wanna be in terms of your brand? Because that's gonna determine where you're going to be. For example, if you're trying to reach teenagers, Facebook is not the place for you. TikTok is the place for you. If you're trying to reach surprisingly baby boomers, Facebook is the place for you. If you're trying to reach business professionals, LinkedIn is the place for you. If you're trying to reach people in Asia, then WhatsApp is the place for you. So figuring out what it is that your brand is going to be and who it is that you're trying to talk to from a broad perspective, because that's going to determine what social media platform you're going to you're going to start on. There's a lot of people out there who's like, you got to be on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. You really don't. You don't have to be on everything. First of all, that takes a lot of work and a lot of companies hire entire social media teams to do that. So unless you have 40 hours a week to focus on social media, you don't have to be on every platform. So figuring out where it is that you want to be first out, then figuring out who it is that you're really trying to sell to and have a, have a come to Jesus moment take out a whiteboard, write on the wall, who really truly can use my product or my service or my business? Because it's very rare for the average business to appeal to everyone. Do you have a hair care product? Is it for black women? Is it for black children? Is it for black children boys? Is it for people in the United States? You wanna promote globally, but you really can't ship anywhere outside of the United States. So have like a really serious conversation with yourself about who it is that you're trying to market to. 
And a lot of these platforms, they're built for monetizing. That's how they make their money because you don't pay to have a Facebook account. You don't pay to have an Instagram account. You're, they make their money off of advertising. So they have a lot of tools that are already built in that will help you target. So figure out, hey, I have my dance business. My dance business was a physical business before COVID. So when I started doing my advertising, I looked for people within a 10, 15 mile radius of where I currently was teaching. Because once COVID was over, I wanted to make sure that there was an opportunity for them to physically come to my classes. I didn't need to promote worldwide. I knew that I was looking for women between the ages of 25 and 40 because those were the people who were coming to my classes they usually have disposable income as opposed to people who are younger they're in college they don't have funds people who are a little bit older may not want to necessarily spend the hour working out in my method and i'm a little bit more intense than like a zumba class so i know that about myself i know that um the people that i'm looking for are people who are interested in dance but not people who are following a dance studio people who because I'm not teaching intermediate advanced hip hop. I'm not teaching something where you're gonna go out and do an audition tomorrow. That's not the type of class. I'm looking for people who are interested in fitness, hip hop music. Really dive into who it is that you're trying to target and get as specific as possible. The best way to get more bang for your buck is to be specific mm. when you're targeting. Um, and that applies anywhere. If you're going on LinkedIn and you're trying to promote your business, let's say you have Let's say you have a CBD, CBD business and you want to promote a lifestyle brand. You can go and say, hey, I know that this is something that will be beneficial to people who are traveling. So let me go on and find business people. So they're going to be on LinkedIn, but they're not, we're not, I'm not promoting like a business tool. I'm promoting a lifestyle tool. So my content now has to be about your life is stressful. You have to travel for work. You're never home. Sometimes you just need to unwind. Let me offer this solution for you that's gonna make your life a little bit easier. So now you're talking the language of the people that you're trying to reach. So we talked about figuring out the broad audience so you know what platform you're gonna be on, figuring out specifically who you're trying to target so that you can be as segmented as possible and specific. And then once you figure that out, figuring out what it is that you wanna actually, what is it that they wanna hear? Because everything that you're doing to make the most money out of social media is starting from the audience first. It's starting from your customer base first. No one cares that what your product can do until they've already decided that they're gonna buy it. If you're trying to get someone who is going, if you're trying to convince someone, you have to talk their language. What is it that they need that you are actually going to supply, that you're gonna provide for them? You know, I keep going back to my trusty coffee cup. I need more things on my desk. But, <laughs> but are you tired? Are you a new mom? You haven't slept. Life is hard. You're trying to balance work. You're trying to balance sleep. You don't have the, the energy for a full Starbucks coffee. It's going to put you too wired. You got too much to do. Here's a mellow coffee. I don't know, making stuff up. But you want to make sure that you are talking the language of your audience. And again, you get that by having conversations. Once you decide that you're going to be on Instagram, for example, follow the other brands that are similar to yours or that have a similar audience to yours. And it doesn't even have to be a similar product. You just know, hey, I'm targeting um, young black boys. So here's this other brand that sells, and I'm targeting them with hair care products. Here's another brand that's targeting them with shoes. Let me follow and see how they're talking. And then join the conversation. A lot of times we like to just post and talk and be like, hey, I'm doing this and then disappear off the platform. 
-hmm. have a conversation with people. And that goes back to what you asked Natty earlier about like, how do you re-engage when you're always online and you're losing that connection? You don't have to. We tend to do that because it's the natural progression of, hey, this is what I'm doing. Let me blast it out into the world. But have a conversation and engage with people. Oh, this is what you like. Oh, did you know that if you're talking about shoes and your, your son's hair is cute. Did you know that if you did this with blah, 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 with this, and by the way, I have this product. I mean, if you would like to try it, I'd be willing to tell, tell you about it. But at the end of the day, you know, you want to have a connection with people. That's what everyone is doing on social media at the end of the day. They want to feel that connection, especially right now, because you can't be connected. Um, some of the big best brands on like Twitter, for example, are brands like Wendy's and Burger King and McDonald's, if you ever get bored, they go at each other in conversations. And it's, it's actually quite entertaining. Um, but it feels like an act, it feels like people talking to each other as opposed to brands. And Wendy's is one of the greatest at it. Um, have conversations and engage, then invite people to your page. And now you have evidence that you not only have this product to sell, but that you actually are a subject matter expert in the topic. You know, people want to know that, you know, I have this radio show, but I'm not just promoting my radio show. I'm actually engaged with what's going on with the Black diaspora. And you can tell that because if you look at my history, I've been talking to this other company and this brand and talking about this political influence, influence talking to this political influencer. And you're, you're creating this, this security and this credibility behind you. Wow. This is... Uh, uh, um... I know, I know it's, a, it's a mouthful and for, <laughs> for, for individuals who are listening as well, but it's the content that we are missing as far as how to better use the social media to benefit our financial wealth. And um, we are constantly in conversations, conversations with uh, Brother Kwesi, and then I know you, you know Brother Kwesi very well, and um, uh, about financial wealth, the stability, and how mm -hmm. to to, to connect as you know, uh, the black community to create that financial wealth to lift us and put us in a place where we are able to breathe and appreciate the breath and knowing that when we go to the bank, the bank manager smiles at you like, good morning, <laughs> you doing? You know what I mean? So, but uh, ha having said that, can you speak more on the inbound and outbound uh, digital marketing? I don't know if you your way of what, mm -hmm. yeah, like give us the difference there between the inbound and outbound marketing, digital marketing. Sure. So inbound is people coming to you. So a big piece of that, getting people to come to you, and that's the inbound is the 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 customers you don't have to work for upfront. Mm -hmm. They found you on Google because you have your business set up on Google My Business. You have your ad set up on Google Search, you or Bing Search they they found you because they found your Facebook page, they found you from word of mouth. Those are people who have found you on their own effort, they're organic and they've come to you. The key to it, to an inbound customer is nurturing them once they get there. And that's the one thing that I think as black businesses, as small businesses that we sometimes drop the ball is nurturing those people once they're here. Hey, you made a purchase, now we're gone. But hey, let's let's start doing some communications. Hey, I know that you purchased this product. Let me show you this complimentary product. Let me ask you how it's going. Has it been 
let me see some pictures of you using this product. Can you do become a reference and share it with other people? You want to keep that conversation going so that those inbound customers keep being inbound and bring other people inbound to you. Because no matter what you do, the cheapest way to market and the most effective way to market is through word of mouth. Outbound is where you're going to send your money. <laughs> Outbound is thrown out and trying to find people that are going to be your customers and could uh, potentially be your customers. That's your, your advertising that's going to be creating all your, your digital advertising doing, uh, now you can actually do TV advertising, Hulu opened their platform so you can create your own Hulu ads directly without having to go through a big agency. Um, that's where you're going to be going out and doing promotions and events and you could spend a lot of money on outbound. And the biggest focus today in the industry is to try to build up your own online platform so that you can get as much inbound. And you're going to spend a lot of upfront money because you're starting out on, you have no customers, no one knows who you are. Right. So you're going to create your social media ads, you're going to create your Google search ads. I make, I highly recommend if you have a business, the first thing you should do is set up on Google My Business so that when someone searches for you, you show up at that, that box on the right side of the search screen and it has your phone information, your address, your hours. You can put posts up there, you can put coupons up there, you can put pictures of your business. You want, you're going to spend your time and your money up front, but you want to build that so that you get as many inbound customers as possible and keep it going. The best customer is a repeat customer. They're the cheapest customer and they're the most effective and they bring in other people. A lot of my dance students are people that came because I had a group of people who started with my classes up front and then they brought their friends. So my job was to make sure that when those people were in my class, that they got the best experience that they could ever have. And my class isn't crazy expensive or anything like that, but you're gonna smile when you come in. I'm gonna smile, I'm gonna cheer you on. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna bring the energy because I only do I want you to come back. I want you to come back with a friend and I want that friend to come back with a friend. And then I don't have to necessarily do all that out, pouring of money to keep bringing people in mm -hmm. because I've did all my effort and now I have inbound people coming in. Wow. So don't drop the customer experience once someone because a becomes a customer. That's the number one thing <laughs> for inbound. Right. And, uh, and uh, also with the, seems like with the digital marketing, it also allows for people to experiment with various, various marketing tactics on a, mm -hmm. On a, on, a, on a personal budget or on a fixed budget, whatever money you have out there, you are able to, to work around uh, because it gives you the flexibility and, uh, yeah. uh, uh, and, uh, and also that whole thing, that having that social media presence, it allows, because you are able to connect with people at any time at any place as compared to before when yep. you have billboards. You know, you have a billboard like on A9, on 95 South, 95 North. But the next time you see the next billboard, so which means you have to figure out what's the most central that when people are going 95 North. So when do they exit before they see this ball? You know what I'm saying? And then you have flyers, you know, yellow pages and all of that. But now with this, you can be in a conference and then bam, pops up on your phone, wherever you're at, you know, taking a shower, boom, it pops up. So that's the flexibility that the digital uh, marketing allows people to uh, 
be able to to engage with their with their clientele. But and the other oh, sorry. So go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And so the other thing about it is you pay for performance. So using your example, that billboard, you you pay for that billboard up front. You may not get anyone to ever type in your website from your billboard, but you paid for that up front. Mm -hmm. You pay for that, well, that traditional TV spot up front. But with social media and digital marketing, you're paying for performance, exactly. unless you, um, for the most part, there's there's a caveat there. But you're paying every time someone clicks on your ad. So you could say, I only have $100, give or take a couple of dollars. You're not gonna spend more than that $100 that you put out there. Um, and it's very calculable, mm. calculatable. Um, that billboard, using that as an example again, it's very, very difficult, if not almost impossible, to calculate the return on investment that you have for a billboard. You can estimate, so you could say, hey, I think that there is X amount of people who drive on the, who drive on the 95 that maybe 10% of them are going to see my billboard, take the average rate of participating at 0.5%. Like you can guess, but with social media, you can actually create a mathematical calculation. Not only does that help you with spending your money up front, but it also helps you to budget going forward. So you can run your ads for the first three months and then you can get an idea of how much you need to budget for social media going forward. Hey, I had budgeted $500, but the truth of the matter is I'm only spending two. Um, I know that I need, I know that I can budget for 200 going for the year. Or you can say what one of my favorite things um, when working with inner business with an internal team is, hey, you want to have 100 leads at the end of the day. Well, the average cost of a lead is costing me $10. And I know this because I put out $1,000 on this advertising based on the amount of people who actually came in, I have a, an estimate on the cost of a lead. So if I know that I want 100 leads and it costs me $10, I know what my budget to ask for is later on. So you can actually do that calculation backwards. I know if I'm gonna make a sale, if I have 90 people visiting my website and I get one person to make a sale, well now I know the rate of an actual buyer. So go back, one person to make a sale, 90 visits to my site, if I want to get 100 people to buy my product, I need 900 visits to my site. If I know that the average rate of someone clicking on my Facebook ad is 0.5%, I can't do the math right now, but you guys get the point. To get 900 people to visit my site, I can calculate how many, um, how many clicks I need on my ad. Then I can calculate how much money I need to budget for my ad. So you, it gives you a, a mathematical calculation to figure out what your budget is going to be, as opposed to a lot of the traditional methods. It's a lot more guess and hope later on. Right. And, that's, and that's what corporate, like big corporate marketing um, departments are deciding. So that's a small business strategy, but it's also what the big companies are doing as well. It gives them that opportunity. Wow. Once again, this is G7, Voices Without Boundaries, <laughs> Young Queen, Teria, Teria, Mariah, Teria. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it. But um, talking about content, content is king, the subject of uh, today, content is king. And uh, it being king, uh, let's talk about the acknowledgement of uh, social media from wh where we are right now. Uh, the influence of political participation and civic engagement of uh, social media uh, 
with all these protests that are happening, what do you think is the impact that it has brought or that it's bringing to the masses um, when it comes to social protest and um, civic, all the civic un un unrest that is happening right now? It has definitely helped. So we've had videos of people being unjustly abused, unjustly murdered for years. We've known about it as a Black community for years. But it, when COVID happened and we're home and the best place that we have to feel comfort and connection is on Facebook and now you're seeing it, now we have global protests not US protests, not Chicago protests, not New York protests. They're protesting in France. They're protesting in China. You have global protests. You have a, this opportunity to connect in a way that has never happened before. And to, you, it's an opportunity as well. You can, you can share stories that you, could, you can only maybe tell to your friends or tell to your coworkers or tell to your neighbors. You're able to tell someone over in Australia what's going on. Um, I have friends luckily all around this world and having dialogues of like, not even just civil unrest, just, just stuff that's going on in America. Like, what do you mean healthcare isn't universal? Like, like things that people don't even realize are real. What do you mean someone was, was shot and it's on film and nothing's happened like that that happens in america and you have that conversation that you've never been able, you never had before because social media has allowed you to have a connection it also gives a lot of people an opportunity of something to do so many people sit at home and they're like i feel like i need to do something but i don't know what to do well now you have an opportunity to say okay well black lives matter is having a protest over here or um, the bail fund is having a fundraiser over here. The, the bail project is having a fundraiser over here. Or this organization is having a calling campaign. You have an opportunity to even see what things are out there for you to participate in. Sometimes it's as simple as just sharing a post to share awareness. The number of people who I've known for years who, who are white and reached out to me and was like, I feel like a total into the word because I didn't even think about how this actually affects you or that it would affect you. Um, and having that conversation, now whether you wanna have that conversation or not is, is a personal decision, but it allows it allowed us to actually make things a lot bigger and broader and stronger. The number of groups that popped up to actually support black businesses um, that maybe have had like 2,000 members and now have 200,000 members mm -hmm. um, talking about black businesses. Now you have these ways where you can search on big sites and you can search for a black business and now they actually highlight that a business is black. So you know where you're putting your money and you're able to actually support and promote black businesses. That wasn't something that happened before. So there is an opportunity there. I'm part of a group um, on Facebook for moms, for Black and Latino moms, there's 44,000 members in that group. Like, you have a way to reach people that you didn't have before. It also sometimes helps because you also see some of the dark side of people. 
you know, people that you've known for years and now how they truly feel is coming out and you're starting to see, oh, but I thought we were cool, but you, you don't care how this affects me or you don't care how this affects my community or you really don't care about my rights. You, it allows you to get a deeper perspective on how, on people that you even thought you knew. Wow. Oh, man. Tariq. Yeah. Man, like, like I told you, man, I, I know that <laughs> the content that she's giving us is, is priceless. And, um, and I know a lot of people who pay a lot of money to go and get this content. And, and, and for, for the young queen, this is what she does. And of course, I know it comes with a price, but for her to come here and share all this wealth of information, is, is, is priceless, which leads me to a question that uh, Brother Claude just asked a question. Uh, I'll read it here. It says, um, what type of budget should someone plan for if uh, so for a startup business? She's, he's saying to get someone like our presenter to work with a person with a startup business or brand with digital marketing, what type of budget should someone plan for? Just for, so there's two parts to that question. There's the budget for the marketing itself and the budget for the, for the consultant. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay. So you would have the budget for the marketing itself is going to vary greatly based on what it is that you're trying to market and to who. Remember yep. the, the Solange versus Beyonce strategy. Um, the budget for the marketer for my type of marketing, which is consulting is by the hour. So I work with you, I'll sit down with you, we'll talk through strategy, we'll talk through planning, and then you can do monet, like a website costs a certain amount of money or um, social media package costs a certain amount of money. But for me personally, I'm not going to pretend like I'm ex inexpensive. <laughs> I'm about $100 an hour. Um, and how much time that's required really is a matter of how much you want me to actually get my hands dirty as opposed to me just kind of walking you through. Um, there are people out there who will just say, hey, pay like $200 and we'll give you this pre-made package and you plop out a couple words here, you put your couple words in here and then you post that off on social media. It's budget friendly, but it may not be as effective because they're giving you this cookie cutter thing that you just kind of have to work your way in and out. Right. Um, places where you can save money today, honestly, on a website unless you have a very complex business or you just don't have time, which time is a big thing, build your own website. Um, you can build it on Wix, you can build it on Square, you can build it using builders like Divi on WordPress. You could save a significant amount of money doing your website yourself. And companies like um, Shopify, they create these tools that allow you to do your shipping, they allow you to do your processing, allow you to do your logins, all that stuff directly in the site so that you don't have to waste your money having someone custom build those for you. Plus it's secure. The number one thing you wanna have is something that's extremely secure because people are hacking all the time and they're hacking big businesses, little businesses. There are even people out there who are fake taking sites for hostage. So you'll have a website, someone will send you a message and be like, I'm going to take your site down in three months if you don't give me $10,000 in Bitcoin. 
So you want something that's secure and someone something where you can give someone a phone call and a security person a phone call and get the type of results that you need immediately. Um, because there are a lot of people trying to steal credit card information, trying to steal login information. A lot of normal people use the same password for everything. So they'll get your they'll get your username and passwords because you have just a basic site. They'll take that and then try to use that information for something that's a lot of a lot more valuable. Um, and then you have to disclose that and to the government. And you don't want you don't want those type of headaches. So if you can get something that's extremely secure from a package, go for it. Um, that also goes with social media. Um, and you mentioned earlier in the call about the follow me, you know, you, you want to get a card, you see that ad on social media, you get um, ads on your phone, all of that is done by cookies on your browser. So basically you go to a website, let's say you go to, you go to the Tesla website, they do want something that's called, they drop a cookie, they put a little code on your browser. So then everywhere that you go on the internet, it's following you. So now you go to Facebook and you're seeing ads for Tesla. But not only do you see ads for Tesla, now Ford has also paid for the information to find out who's been visiting Tesla. So now you're seeing ads for Ford and you're seeing ads for uh, Mercedes. And these social media platforms are creating profiles of you based on the stuff that you engage with online. It's completely legal. And if you read any of your terms, of condition, terms and conditions, you can see it. You can see your profile to see what kind of profile they've created for you. Um, for example, Facebook had me classified literally as nerd. <laughs> after, I got, after I got offended for like five seconds, I, I understood why. Um, but if you do this, so let's say you decide that you wanna do advertising on Instagram and you do, you do the tracking cookies on your site. In this United States, you, need to make sure that you disclose on your site that you are doing tracking cookies. You have to have a privacy policy on your website. If you are doing business outside of the United States, you have much stricter rules to follow. There's something called GDPR, it's the Global Data Privacy, I think the PR is privacy. <laughs> GDPR, I know the acronym, um, that's in Europe. There's CASEL, C-A-S-L in Canada, California, and I can't remember the acronym, has its own specific privacy policy. Um, there are some in certain parts of Asia. There's only about five countries that are the most flexible when it comes to privacy, and that's the United States. I think it's Hong Kong, India, not Hong um, I think it's specifically Hong Kong, not like all of China, India, and there's another place. I can't remember. But because of that, you have to not only disclose that you're doing cookies on your site, you have to give someone the option to turn them off, which is another reason to use a builder because it's really complex to create a, a widget on your website that will turn off cookies when someone says no or lets people specify which cookies they want. Mm. Um, but also if someone signs up, for, signs up for your service and then you add them to a mailing list, if you don't give them the option to opt in, if you're not outside of the, if they're outside of the US or opt out, if they are in the US, then you are now liable. And big corporations have been sued millions upon millions of dollars for this liability. And you don't have to be a big business to be liable. All you need is a complaint. 
Um, and when I say this was such a big deal, I want to say it was 2017, 2018, a couple years ago, my concept of time. Um, when GDPR launched in Europe, there were huge U US brands that just shut down. Um, like there were big media outlets that if you went onto the website in Europe, it just basically said, we are no longer available here because that's how complex it is to make sure that you comply with your cookie policy. So using something like I said, um, a builder like a Divi, which is owned by Elegant Themes or Shopify or Wix or one of those things, unless you are a web, a web designer or you're going to hire a good web developer, which could be a thousand to fifteen thousand dollars depending on the size of your site and it can go way beyond that depending on the complexity of your site you want to make sure that you let people opt in opt out of your emails you use if you use constant contact or mailchimp they have those types of things built in to make sure that you're complying so always make sure that if you're gonna if you collect people's information at an event let's say you have a table at a um at a you have a table at like the local farmers market and you're like hey sign up for my mailing list here make sure that you're complying with the local laws mm. so that's uh, very interesting that you just mentioned that mm. complying and following the the, uh, the rules that at the end of the day doesn't come back and bite you you know because of less information or being not informed about the run-ins with the with the system because um, there's also those jurisdictions that they put before us that we're not aware of and that fine mm -hmm. And we're speaking about the GDPR. Uh, you have a lot of uh, business, black business owners who are doing business currently within and outside of America that are not so savvy or previewed of the, the, uh, the rules and regulations of you know, uh, uh, the GDPR. Uh, how how do we uh, bring about that information to people? Because again, uh, it, it comes at a price, and uh, and it's uh, uh, which brings me to a point as well of the access of um, of the internet. Because there is a big, big, big gap when it comes to accessing the internet for those who are trying to market their business outside or even within. Because given the fact that. You know, we're talking about the digital marketing, the instant access of the clientele and the client to see what is out there. Uh, people do shortcuts and then doing shortcuts ends up coming back and bite your ass and then <laughs> not being shut down. And then, um, so, but it comes with whole thing of knowing the internet world, but the internet, we cannot know much about the internet world if you don't have much of that access. You know, if you look at the, uh, the numbers, it's like, 50% of like black, uh, uh, black people in America and the Hispanics, they have access to the internet as compared to 66% of the Caucasians, you know, and uh, those disparities also come into effect where we are now when you talk about the health, the housing, the education, where there's a kid in New Mexico, he had to walk to school to go and access, access what? Internet, because he couldn't get, there's no internet at home uh, until somebody saw that online and they donated what? Wi-Fi at his house, but for him, it was no biggie because he's like used to that, and it was his way of getting connected to being at school again, even though there was no one. He was just mm -hmm. outside the classroom and then uh, do his schoolwork and then go home. Uh, so my question to you is: 
is there a way or are there any classes or any workshops that are given to business upcoming businesses or already existing companies that are striving to reach for those communities but don't want to have to end up running um, having run-ins with the law where they are shut down or files of you know people complaining getting sued and all of that when it comes to the GDPR or the use of the BB to like you know avoid all these other stuff trafficking in your on your on your website so a lot of the big platforms have their own web webinars it's the law itself is complex and can be varied depending on your interpretation and their entire lawyers who don't always agree so going to something like um facebook and insta well facebook owns instagram um linkedin usually has sessions on it because they're trying to educate people on what they're doing to support um, privacy laws. Big, when you're talking about email laws, big marketing automation tools like Marketo, HubSpot, um, Salesforce, Pardot, Eloqua, while those, main, while those companies are not necessarily targeting you as a small business or a single person business, the webinars that they have are gold mines for valuable information, especially about data privacy. Um, HubSpot in itself is, when you talk about content is king, they are amazing at providing free information on marketing, whether it's regulations, um, industry changes, trends. Um, so if you do nothing and you never buy their product, which is their basic product is free, um, you can sign up for their blog and sign up to know about their webinars. Those are great resources to get information that you need for free. It may not be the end all. The end all be all would be to hire a lawyer. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, the, but the first step is to look at some of these bigger brands that tend to target these larger companies, you know, um, Adobe. Their customers are, companies, are the government and the Googles of the world and the Facebooks of the world. Those are their customers. So they have the resources to do the research and provide those free webinars. Just don't be surprised if you get a call from like a sales rep. Like. <laughs> so uh, um, to everybody who's listening, uh, again, feel free to drop a chat or a question. Uh, this is an open platform. Uh, we allow you know, individuals to speak and ask questions. Um, and hence the reason why we all is so blessed to have individuals who come to our show with knowledge and uh, experience about the, uh, the work that they do because it gives clarity and, uh, and understanding to, to everyone, not only us as G7, but to everyone and uh, to, to have a better understanding how things operate or how you can go about certain things. And then you can also get um, suggestions. They can suggest where to go to or what to do and, and, and uh, uh, to, to achieve or to, to gain that stability in your household, your business, your education, your health, and you can name the whole nine yard. Um, please feel free to drop a chat line and um, we can definitely chop it up. Um, once again, this is G7, Voices Without Boundaries, speaking about content is king. I know talking about the power of social media, the influence, the, uh, the pros and the cons of the social media. Um, Going back again to the uh, political part of it, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, uh, 
is uh, like this, this collection, there's so much, so much money that is being put to all the, the I mean, to the left and the right, you know, and, uh, and GOP uh, is being crushed, you know, financially, you know, because the, the left is raising so much money. If you look at all the, the, uh, the 10 states that are uh, still wanting to get back, you know, to, to hold their, their seats, they're being like crushed in, in many ways. But all of that, it comes as well with the power of the social media, how the social media has, uh, or the internet, let me put it that way, has allowed people to see the transparency and um, the, the, the social injustices that are happening. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, But having said that, there's still a lot of negativity that comes with the social media where intimidation, you know, bullying and all of that, people being scared to go to cast the ballot, to go and vote. Um, what do you think when you wake up on the 4th, what do you think we're gonna wake up to in America? Like your, your, your take, you know, and, and I know again, we are speaking on the if and what if, yes, that's the word. What if uh, the left, uh, they lose? And then what if the right loses? What do you think the fourth is going to be like, especially speaking on the part of the, the social media? I, <laughs> based on what I saw after the 2016 election, <laughs> um, I expect a lot of people posting things that they are going to, first of all, have to delete later on in life. Mm -hmm. um, because I saw that happen on the 2016 election. Um, but if the right wins, I expect to see on social media, not necessarily in the world, because we, I think we also need to do a little bit better in our actions outside of the platform. Exactly. But on social media, I do feel as though there's going to be a lot of unrest. There's going to be a lot of posts, a lot of anger, um, a lot of calls to action, a lot of and not just in the United States, a lot of global cause to action and a lot of global what the hells. Um, I do think while the, the angry right is very loud, mm -hmm. I don't think it's very large, mm. but I do think it's very loud. So if they win, it's going to feel as though there's a lion in the den. But I don't think that there's as many. But I think that's also where we have to be stronger. You shouldn't have 10 people louder than 150. Um, and I think that's also what happened in 2016. Those 10 people were able to be loud enough to get enough of their friends to show up at the polls to win that election, where we were too quiet to get the people we knew close enough to show up. Mm -hmm. We have to be louder. And I'm saying we, obviously I'm liberal, let's not pretend. You actually broke it down where you have 10 people, but when it comes out, it sounds like it's a, it's a magnitude of, like, of people who are, you know, voicing out. And it's only 10 people, but because of how they are using the word, the mm -hmm. meaning to make it work for them. And uh, 
that's that's probably what's scaring people because of again it's the image that is portrayed and what you see going back to what you said when we first started the show that you can be sitting in your living room and at the back you say you're in dubai you know and everybody believes that you're in dubai because you make everything replicate dubai and with that say you have people who attend people who are saying now nah, we're not going for that if we lose this election we're going ham and then yep. it's only five people but because of how it's portrayed on the social media and then it creates all this anxiety and people like buy into that fear and then now fear surmounts everything and then people like oh man when we when they lose man they're going ham i'm gonna prep up myself yes we have to stay ready but understanding the content like what you say understanding the content and uh what's going on around look around and uh because it's easy to get so deluded and, and polarized by what you see what you mm -hmm. see is not what is what it is and um and what you listening to is not what is being said so uh i i, I appreciate what you just say and making also a reference to 2016 that some people might have to delete what they put up on their social media because you know the the uh, ramifications of what happens after it, it follows you back you know what i'm saying so um and i know that it's a it's a, it's a, it's a big time in america right now it's a, this political unrest and really it's because it's embedded with so many things like people fighting the COVID and then the uh, unemployment all the stimulus you know people not getting their money people losing their houses the education you know parents not being able to gain that access to give their kids the education that they need because of lack of what? The Wi-Fi, which means now, uh, what's her name? Divorce, you know, like she's not doing anything to like say, okay, uh, in Philadelphia, how many kids do uh, schools uh, uh, need access to Wi-Fi that they can distribute to the families around? So they know which families need what? Wi-Fi, so kids can get their education. But all of that is not happening because she is one of that 1% that is benefiting from this administration uh, in, uh, when it comes to the whole inequity that is happening. So there's a whole lot of discord and chaos and um, you coming here to enlighten us on how to better understand the social media is, is again, like I, I said before, it's priceless. Uh, it takes one to listen, it takes one to uh, adapt to and um and engage and see what comes out of it and of course it's not going to be easy you know like Fauci said you know South america is probably going to see the unrest of this like by the end of 2021 so which means from here until like mid like late 20, 2021 we'll still be like you know going crazy by thursday we hit nine million nine million like you no know, cases in america and then you still have a country and i still go back to this country new zealand they only had 29 people die from COVID, 29. And the rest they were able to, to like to deal with. But here, because the social media again comes on the negative part of it where they are using it to um, undermine what is happening. But it comes up in with the illiteracy because if you see most people with that are not understanding what is going on out there. It's the part of literacy they never some of them they don't even like care about wi-fi or whatever because they live in the rural america so for them it's all about i go and farm okay i'm voting for this person because i'm getting my money but 
and then whatever they listen to, whatever they hear on the social media, they run with it. Yes, that's what it is. So uh, education comes as part of the uh, uh, power tool, you know, to, uh, to better understand what we're working with. Uh, uh, Tariq, chime in black men, you know, because uh, I, I, I'm sure you have a few questions or uh, uh, man, you know, you know me, man. I'm taking it all in. Listen to the the young queen. Um, we bounced around a little bit. Um, we spoke about being present to me. I, I, um, I think you guys really touched on one of the things that these uh, engineers find suit to actually um, take advantage of, and is is which um, the mental diet. The mental diet is key. So they work on our psychology, uh, our psyche all day long to manipulate us. And as the movie, as you see, as you saw, Dread, um, and the social dilemma, we were the puppets, the, the consumer. We were the puppets, and they were the puppet masters. These artificial in intelligence. So um, that's big. Is is ruining families? People are dis don't know how to disengage. Um, the relationships that we have, they're fake. You know, they're, they're not genuine. Um, and then we went along, you know, we pushed on to the business side of things. And what I gained from that was being very detailed to the, you know, to the smallest speck of, you know, the crumb. Break it down to um, microfabrics, you know, and um, go from there to figure out how you want to actually be successful. I do want to touch on a little bit in regards to the positive side of the social media aspect and what I see or what I'm hearing, if I'm right, is that you guys, the capitalism portion of it, it cuts out the middleman. Would that be accurate? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm taking it all in. I'm, I'm hoping that our um, audience is actually taking notes. I see, I think it's Nakia. She said she's taking some notes. We have some people on, the, on here and hopefully Facebook Live as well that um, could gain some of this information and use it for their benefit. Thank you so much, young queen. Taria, you are a blessing, I'm telling you. Uh, and we'll continue to speak with you offline about our endeavors. Uh, and that's pretty much it, man. I know I'm listening to you, Nadi. Awesome job in regards to your questions. I just want to, you know, be enlightened, just like our audience today. Yeah. If I can make one request, you asked uh -huh. about November 4th. Mm -hmm. And this applies to whether you're using social media for political, personal, or professional gains. Don't stop the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, the world is not black and white. Mm -hmm. The world is many, many, many shades of gray. And the number one failure that we've seen with this election, with just in general on social media, is that we live in this, it's A or it's B, but that's not how the world actually works. Um, so spend more time having conversations with people. If there's people on there who have opposing views, then you ask why. Because very few people in this world are just generally terrible. A lot of people have legitimate reasons behind their thought process. Right. And the one thing about social media that we don't always leverage is the ability to understand other people. So if no matter what the outcome is on November 3rd, on November 4th, have a conversation. Why do you feel this way? Did you know that this policy affects my family this way, that, and a third? I didn't know this policy would affect your family this way. Or if you're doing it from a business perspective, 
why do you want to be able to achieve this goal? And let me see if I can help you. Like have conversations on social media. Don't just post, don't just read, but actually engage with everyone. It's gonna help you psychologically because you're actually connecting with people, but it's also gonna help with our own collective understanding because this COVID, the election, life, affects everyone differently. And my world is nothing like everyone else's. It's all individual. So use that time and that platform to really gain an understanding of what's going on with everyone. You mentioned before, some people don't have internet. Some people don't have childcare. So they're struggling with COVID because they don't know how to take care of their kids. Where other people are like, I don't need to take my kids to school. I'm home with them. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So having a deeper understanding of how everything impacts everyone else that's that's the blessing in social media that we have to take advantage of so that's my one ask for everyone is on november 4th no matter what the outcome have a conversation to present clarity I mean, that's <laughs> no no go ahead go ahead man. no i'm good I, I i was i'm listening and you say you're saying have a conversation on november 4th right to present clarity but the decision has been made Right, right. No, absolutely. And, uh, that decision is made, but the world is not over. And there are plenty right. and plenty of more decisions to be made after that. There you that's go. True. Appreciate that. Yeah, and um, having said that, you know, uh, what you just said as well, uh, uh, young community, that the world is not living right. And the world, the world is a beautiful place, you know. Indeed. Uh, we still have seven minutes before we wrap up here. And once again, we think, uh, she's seven voices without uh, voices. Boundaries, <laughs> without boundaries, you know. Um, I, I, I feel like I'm a little bit immersed in my mind right now as we having this conversation with you, young queen, because it's uh, a lot of things that are going on, and but those things we do have control over, you know. Like a good brother, I know he's listening to, uh, today, he's on the show, he will say, You cannot find peace until you find the pieces to the puzzle. Claude. Yes, sir. You cannot find peace until you find pieces to the puzzle. And those pieces are all around us. And uh, what you say that after the third, continue the conversation. Because the conversation, you know, stuff like they say um, until the, uh, what's that? Let's uh, say until the, the fat lady what, screams or something about that. The fat lady screams to the fat lady screams, it's not over. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there's always going to be an, an unrest in America, in the world. But we see that now so very, it's tangible. Like you taste it. You know, you come outside of your house, you smell the anger, you smell the fear, you smell the hatred. You smell all the, the, uh, the, the differences that are around us. But come the fourth, you know, fall back and say, you know what? It is what it is now. It's not what it is. If you look at now, the people that being bought in 2016 who were below 18, they're the ones who are pushing the envelope now. They're the ones who are outside protesting. They're the ones who are making all these numbers. Of course, it's all about the electorate, you know, because the calling numbers, they can show you something. So what happened in 2016? But at the end of the day, it's about how do you as an individual fight for what you believe is going to be the legacy for you, for me, for everyone else? And what uh, the young queen just said, you know, uh, Terrier, Terrier, man, 
Now I'm going to pick myself for this one. <laughs> Let's say Maria first. Maria Teria. Maria Teria. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I feel so, you know, anyway, it's okay. Um, but we, we have to ask those questions, those uncomfortable questions. And it's only one, pe the person who have to have to give you the answer. I mean, they're not entitled to, but they will have to give you a, sub I mean, a subjective and very concrete answer as to like why I don't like uh, Facebook as compared to Instagram because what are the, you know what I'm saying? And then I can have then satisfaction of like, okay, I get your point. But having said that, I use Instagram, you use Facebook, we all benefiting you know, in some ways or the other. So there is a compromise. What's the compromise? And the compromise, of course, is to look at the differences and ask, accept the differences and move on with the life and meeting each other somewhere, somehow, because Facebook and Instagram, they are sister companies in some ways because they all benefit in like reaching out to the masses and they, whatever they're doing, they benefit, you know, financially and in, 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 in their uh, in their publicly, you know, uh, investment in whatever sectors you might have. But for us as people to come out and kill each other, look at each other with like, you know, hostility, and mm. it has taken away the value of what life is. You know, it has taken away the value of how to appreciate a black man, a white man, Asian man, you know, young queens, young kings, you know, and then bring me back to sum up, you know, the whole content of the social media. Thank you very much to the sister because what you say when you say, take a break, it's okay. Have a Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah. Go to 7-Eleven, go get a Kit Kat. Have a break. Have that time to have um, mental starvation from the social media, but it doesn't mean that you're cutting off. You see what is around, but I'm not engaging in that form and I'm allowing myself to be surrounded by what it is and I can be able to filter out what works for me, what doesn't work for my family and I don't wanna get wrapped up in this whole fiasco of like, I'm in this, We're, everybody's in this. But if you take a break to identify you, yourself, you always have that balance in your world and you always be aware of what's happening around you, your vocabulary, your thought process, your choices. And the, the world is not ending tomorrow. Yes, whatever is set up tomorrow, you'll be able to go in already prepared as compared to being caught sleeping and then you start to like figure out, oh, damn, how do I move around from here? But if you stay prepared, you know, you always be in a good place. You know, I. You know, I can keep talking over and over and over. <laughs> Again, this conversation has been uh, more than, you know, what we, 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 we bargained for, you know, Tariq. And uh, uh, we appreciate the content and, and thank mm. you very, very much, you know, for informing us. Like we, we, we said we're going to touch base with you because we have already established this relationship with you prior. I mean, I think it was a couple of months ago. And thank you to Brother Kwesi for connecting us with his sister. And Indeed. We appreciate you. And we'll definitely get back to you as G7 to work with you because we know that, you know, you have the tools that we need to get <laughs> where we want to get to. And um, having said that, thank you to everyone that has been listening to us here in America, 
in South Africa, and I see the, uh, um, the Facebook Live is popping up uh, in, in Australia, in UK, and we appreciate you in, in Canada. Thank you very much. And everyone, remember, go to our website, www.g7nation.com, and then you can um, donate for Thanksgiving. You know, we still have that helping hand. Help those who don't have anything for this Thanksgiving. We can get a, a sponsorship out there and give someone, you know, buy a, a package that you can, like, you know, help someone to feed someone on this Thanksgiving. You know, it's going to be a different Christmas. It's going to be a different Thanksgiving. But life moves on. As always, be you and that be, I'll be me. And uh, with that say, thank you very much, Young Queen, for coming. Peace, peace. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, everyone. Take the bad You understand? Yes. 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 You see all the love? <laughs>